Biz Women Rock, episode 148. Hey, hey, what's going on? This is Katie Kermitzos. I'm your host of Biz Women Rock. This is the place where you will hear really inspirational and really honest stories from businesswomen who have great journeys to share so that your business can truly be touched by it. Before we get rolling, here's a little word from our awesome sponsor. Did you know with just a few minor changes to your LinkedIn profile, you can start producing results immediately? And by results, I mean business, money in your pocket. That's why you need to have LinkedIn Focus. This program will teach you everything that you need to know about where to spend your time in LinkedIn to produce results. Go to linkedinfocus.com forward slash BWR and you can start getting free tips and strategies today. I could not be more excited to share my next guest story with you. Her name is Elise Michelle and uh, she is a coach She is an author, she creates products, all for the purpose of being able to help somebody who wants to own their own company to actually be able to make that transition successfully to start their own company. She specializes in helping with social media tactics, marketing tactics, and really helping you strategize that entire thing. The reason I know that this interview will blow your mind is because she literally, more than anyone I've ever had on the show, completely strips back her entire business and shows us how she does everything. She shows us how she builds her email list. She shows us how she runs her webinars. She shows us how she actually created her pricing structure for her clients. Um, she is just amazing. What she does on social media to actually promote engagement, what has worked for her. So uh, man, if you own a business at all, it doesn't even need to be a coaching or you know author business. It, no matter what business you own, this conversation will be tremendous just to see what really goes on behind the scenes to starting and building a business, what has worked, what doesn't work, um, and hearing a very, very vulnerable and authentic story on that. So let's get going with Elise. Miss Elise, thank you so much for being on the show, girl. Thanks so much. I'm so happy that you're here. Welcome. Well, I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. Yes. This is going to be not a lack of an energy show. Let's just say that. <laughs> Um, I, I cannot wait for everyone to listen to your story and to learn what you have learned uh, throughout your business this past year because you have created like a really great coaching business and kind of a, a product business that I think a lot of women really go to naturally and really love to do. Um, so I'm really excited to dig into your brain a little bit about how you've done that and you know share some tips and tricks and all that good stuff. So let's start first with a little bit of your backstory. What what even got you, what were you doing like right before you started your business and what got you into this place? Okay. So what I've been doing, I'm one of those jack of all trade kind of women, do a little bit of this, do a little bit of this, do a little bit of this. But uh, my first love was uh, and still is, is teaching. And I am a college professor that I teach fashion marketing to fashion students. Um, along with that, I was an artist, um, and my career as an artist took off at the same time. So I love to be around creative entrepreneurs because I know that creative people think different. 
But then what happened was all of my friends and peers were like, okay, Elise, you teach and then your your artist career took off. How did you do that? You know, you were on the cover of magazines. You were inside top art magazines that was just very hard to get into, but it just seemed like it was okay. What, I didn't. What was your What was your art like? What was your medium? I'm, I'm a mixed medium collage artist where I use uh, photos of African American females from the 1800s to the 1900s in my artwork. And so I don't know if that was a different spin that people were doing, but I was very. I've always been interested in old photographs. Okay, and so I just used it in my artwork, and so it just it took off. It was on covers. Um, gosh, I can't. I haven't talked about this in so long. You see how excited <laughs> I am. Uh, it was used. One of my art pieces was used for a cover of a um, a new up and coming artist um, album cover um, for greeting cards. And so my peers were like, "Elise, how did you do that? You know, you're doing lectures at different colleges." How are you doing that? And so I actually shared it with them. And so I was started doing like mini workshops um, on how do you use social media to market yourself? How do you use social media to brand yourself? That kind of stuff. And ever since then, that's all I've been doing. Wow. I, okay. So what kind of stuff were you doing back then to to actually get the word out? Like, why did it take off? What kind of stuff were you teaching? What did what worked for you then? You know what? Sharing what I was doing, the process. I would show like, um, here's what I'm doing in my studio today. Here's the final piece. I would tell the story behind it. Why did I choose these photographs over this photograph? And I think it just resonated with people that I was, I was showing you some of the mess ups. If I messed up and like, oh, you, you know, they loved that, and so they watched the progress as it went along. And then the stories behind it, because when I did my artwork, I always envisioned who I thought this woman was. And so I would write down notes and that as the work was finishing, I would share the story behind the artwork. And that really resonated with people a lot. You know, I really identify with that because I and this podcast and this platform is such uh, you know, an honor to this, but like my whole belief system is that the more vulnerable that we are and the more that we share about the truth of the journey and not just show the success story, the more connectivity that we have with one another and the more that we really identify and say, oh my gosh, oh, okay, good. I'm not the only one who's doing this. I'm not living in my own little bubble of failure all the time. But it really allows you to connect and to see like, oh, wow, okay, she totally had to pivot five times in order for her to get to this point. And we, the funny thing is that we all do it like from total startup to, you know, like the giant multi-billionaire women out there, like that all of us are constantly screwing up. <laughs> yeah, right. It's okay. I feel like if you don't mess up, you're not trying. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm a big person of let's mess up. Let's mess up, <laughs> mess up, mess up. And I always do. So, okay, so then you started kind of informally giving these workshops about your expertise. What did you do? Because there's something different about, like, let me just give information versus, okay, let me formalize this and really make this something. What was that transition for you? Well, a little bit of my background. I did spend a couple years uh, as a doctoral candidate in curriculum and instruction. So I knew how to write a course. And so... um, I did get some background training. I got coached from someone else who was actually a really very popular coach out there. Uh, Allie Brown was my yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 
And so I learned how to put a course together and how to monetize it. Basically, you know, what are some of the objectives? What are some of the results that people would get? Um, a lot of people like things that are tangible that they can take with them and write notes. Uh, so I sort of incorporated what I knew from teaching in the classroom into this course that someone could just take with them kind of thing. Gotcha. So once you had that process, like, you know, because, I mean, you're smart enough in marketing to know, like, you can't just create something and then just put it out there. Like, you have to have built the audience and built the people who are listening and, and been able to say, see, like, be in front of the people who know that you already know that they're going to want it, right? Right. And that's, that's a really good thing. I was listening to, like, the questions that they asked me. And so, basically, every question that they asked me, it was like an objective that I was answering in the course. So, um they really built the course for me because I was just answering the questions like, oh, how do you use social media? Which platforms should I use the most? Who, what artist platforms do most people use? Uh, how do you set this up? So that was what my course was, was answering those questions. Gotcha. Okay, so let's back up a little bit because we're definitely going to talk about your product creation and how you've kind of grown that. But I want to talk about this audience because <laughs> you've had to have done things very strategically over the years to be able to build up this audience that you had now to launch to talk a little bit about some of the things that you did to actually build up your audience you're very active on a heck of a lot of different platforms I was checking you out you're all over the place whether you're on a video on YouTube or you know you got videos on your website you're all over Facebook you're all over Twitter talk a little bit about what you have done strategically over the years to get yourself out on social media but more importantly what's actually engaged your people okay well, at first, just like everybody else, I think I would just threw up on social media. Like, <laughs> I just need to be there. But then I really started to pay attention to um, what people really like. And because I have an art background, I realized that we all gravitate to images. And I know everyone says that. But as a creative soul, even if you write something, I'm thinking, okay, visually, what does it look like? What are you talking about? Like. So what I did was I um, I remember Pat Flynn saying that you need to be everywhere, okay? And so that's why I'm like thrown up everywhere on all these social media sites. But I knew that I needed to be, um, all of my social media platforms needed to look alike, you know, and that's about branding. So wherever I go, um, everything needed to look alike, right? Another thing that I did was, Part of, I don't know if you saw it, but my last name is really long, okay? It is Elise Michelle McClennanham. And, yeah, I know I look Irish all the time, yeah. <laughs> um, and I know it is very hard to spell my name. So I had to think about how do I make my brand that is easy to be found and easy to remember, right? So I dropped the McClennanham, and I went straight to Elise Michelle, Right? So at work, they call me Elise. My family calls me Michelle. So that was an easy tie-in. Gotcha. So when they are looking for me on social media, they can find me under Michelle. If someone else is looking for me, you know, they can find me on Elise. So that's how I sort of uh, brought that all together. I know I feel like I'm all over the place, but that's how I brought all of that together. And then once I realized what resonated with people was images, which was easy for me because I'm already... Um, doing image related stuff um, I started posting images 
But then I started to notice that a lot of creatives are not comfortable in front of video. And so I know I have a southern accent that is just like, whoa, you know, holiday. Carolina girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Carolina girl. And so I was a little fearful of that, like sounding so southern out there. But what's happened is people started to connect with me because of the southern accent. And so visual images and then video actual people hearing me started to make the connection with people and they knew that I was real because I would mess up. I would mess up on the video and be like, oops, uh, I'm sorry. Or I said that that name wrong or excuse me as I try to fix this. I mean, I did all this on the video with little editing. I mean, I can't stand to edit anything because uh, it takes forever. So you, you get me real and raw. And I think that's what really connected with people. Um, and I, 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 all I know is to be real. And I think that comes across uh, in my videos, in my images, in my in my posts. And um, I'm just, I just, I, one, number, the last thing is that I love what I do. Absolutely love. And I, I think it comes across in everything I do. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about some of the logistics. I'm, I'm going to go one step further. Let's talk about the logistics behind that. Okay, that's sort of like good, like top level strategy. What are the realities of what that means? What platforms are you on? How often are you on there? Um, what, you know, what I get the idea of using images and using video, but like, can you talk a little bit about the realities of that? What does that look like on a day to day basis? Okay, so the platforms that I'm on the most, of course, is Facebook. I am on Instagram because I realized earlier that my target market was on Instagram um, and I'm on Pinterest. All right. So what I do is um, I, I looked at my Facebook insights. Okay. I know this is like geeky, but I looked at my Facebook insights and actually started to pay attention when people were on, um, were really more engaged on my site. Okay. So I found that that was like at um, 12 o'clock, one o'clock. Uh, and five o'clock okay so I said okay now I can't be I can't do this I can't do this every time I you know physically post this so I need to find some kind of automation right um, and this was before Facebook started getting really strict about using second what, what do you call those things <laughs> um, using other services to post right right right, right. So what I do is on Sunday afternoon, I sit in front of the TV and I schedule all of my posts on Facebook. Okay? Very nice. Every single last, and I do it for the whole month for 30 days. Whoa. So, yeah. I, so even before that, I start, you know, dropping images into a folder. So when I sit down on that Sunday, I know it's a folder already filled of images that I'm just going to upload with quotes, right? And it's easy to find quotes out there. Some of the quotes are from my blog posts that I've already posted, so I highlight some key things in there and reuse them. Now, for Instagram, okay, because there is really no automation for Instagram at all, um, I strategically, like, when I get up in the morning, I'll post something because I figured that was where my engagement was early in the morning, and then I'll post something uh, late in the evening around about 6 or 7. And so that's when my downtime. So anytime that I have like a, a physical like, oh, I have my phone, so I might as well just post on Instagram. 
Pinterest is a lot more, um, a lot easier for me to do. So in Pinterest, I only pin things from my blog. And so I have social shares at the bottom of my blog. And so every time I post a new blog post, the next day I come back and I share that on Pinterest. Got right? it. So what's really helped was taking Sunday afternoons and scheduling my posts. Because after that, I don't have to think about Facebook anymore. Right. Other than if someone leaves a comment, then I you know, respond back to that. That's great. Thank you for going through that. I mean, that's just really practical and anyone listening can really take that and be like, okay, now I know how to do that. Would you spend $20 to bring $40 back into your business? How about spending $1,000 to get $3,000 back into your business? Let's be honest. The most savvy entrepreneurs know that marketing has to be part of their business plan. The key is to execute marketing strategies that actually work. And that's where Postcard Mania comes in. Postcard Mania is a full-service marketing company that uses statistics from their over 60,000 clients to create targeted marketing campaigns that actually produce results for you. I sat down with the founder and CEO of Postcard Mania, Joy Jandusa, who just happened to be the guest on my very first show, and asked her why she does it. What what impact do you want to have on this world? I want to set a good example. You know, I want. I definitely just feel like I want to set a good example. I want people to realize they can do it. I'm no rocket scientist. I'm I'm smart. I'm definitely smart, but I'm a high school dropout. I mean, basically, I'm self educated. So I just want I just want to set a good example and and live a good life and inspire people. Joy totally rocks, and so does Postcard Mania. Get started today with a thousand free postcards. Go to postcardmania.com forward slash bizwomenrock. One of the things that I noticed is that your website is very active. You got a lot of stuff going on, but your opt-in is really front and center. I mean, you really want people to get on your email list so you can start that engagement with them, right? Right. What are you doing to do that? Like, how are you driving people to, to you know, set, put their email in and to actually get on your lists? Are you segmenting those lists? How does that work? Okay. So... On top of all of that posting on Facebook, I do a monthly webinar that uh, is around whatever topic that I, you know, notice on Facebook or social media that's been really popular. And so what I do is, of course, I do the Facebook, I mean, the webinar and ask for signups. So that's how I get people on my list. Um, if, if I need for them to go back to my blog site, you know where that pop-up is mm-hmm. I normally share a link somewhere on my you know my Facebook post uh, to go back to that but most of my email list building has come from webinars or Google Hangouts or whatever that might be um, and um, what was the other question you asked? You asked me three. No, I, well, I want to go into that because that's really interesting. For anyone who is listening who's like terrified of webinar and they keep hearing webinar, how how have you done that? Like what strategies have you used to actually put on a webinar? Um, you know, like has it has it needed to be this big drama, like hour and a half kind of a thing where you're selling something at the end? What have you done with webinars that has made them palatable for you and useful for you? Okay. I didn't use PowerPoint. I just put a PowerPoint slide together of maybe four or five points that I want to share with someone. So it might be the five ways that you can um, promote yourself on social media. Okay. 
Um, of course, I introduce myself, but I make that quick, okay? Because I hate hearing a long story on someone's webinar. So I make sure to make it quick. I'm a least, blah, blah, blah. Let's get into it, okay? And so I go through the five steps and um, I know a lot of people don't want to, you know, show their face and you don't. When you're using Google Hangout, you can share your screen so they don't even have to see you. So I can have a bad day and still, you know, you know. So we could I be can... like in our PJs like we are today on video yeah. and no one can see us. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. And you can give this wonderful presentation, but it's only a PowerPoint presentation with five points. Uh, of course, I use images. Sometimes I use more images than words, so I don't... Um, I don't rely so much on what's on the screen because, you know, it sounds like you're reading it. So if it's coming from my heart and I know it, I really can just speak to it once a picture pops up. And then at the end, maybe I might sell something at the end, but I always, I do always have a call to action. And that call to action might be, oh, join my list so you can get, you know, updates of what's going on from the Lady Boss Club. Or if I'm selling a new program, I was like, oh, if you're interested, you know, sign up for a discovery session with me. But not, no hard sale. And that's it. That's, that's great. It. And how long is that usually? 30 minutes. Wow, that's excellent. And how in, you know, in general, how many people are showing up for the webinar? Oh, it's between sometimes 30 to 50 people. That's great. But, what, but I get the biggest response from the replays. Yep. So after you're done, then you put it up on a site and it's there for a certain amount of time. And then because people can listen when they're ready and when they have time. Right. Right. So the replays. And so what I've done with that. OK, I know you didn't ask this, but I'm going to share this. Tell it. Tell it. I repurpose what I've already done. So if I've done that webinar one time and it was really successful, it gets it gets changed out for my next free offer. So I knew it was popular then. So I'm, so I'm like, okay, I might as well repurpose this as my free offer. So someone who didn't attend my webinar like months ago or wasn't on my list for the replay, how do I get them on my list? Got so it. I knew that webinar was popular. Everyone loved it. I use it as a free offer now. So that's the one that's sitting on your, on your opt-in on your homepage? That's, the three mistakes. <laughs> that's great. I love that. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for going into that with me. Okay. So I want to talk now about your coaching program. Um, so, you know, you started teaching all of this stuff. At what point were you actually taking on clients and saying, okay, we're, I'm working with you one-on-one -on -one and we're going to kind of build out, you know, your strategy and what you need to do? I, I would say about a year ago um, okay. that I would say they are clients, like pay me kind of thing. Uh, that's go ahead and put you on a monthly kind of, you know, retainer fee uh, was about a year ago. And it was a slow process. I'm not going to say it was just bam, because I needed to do, um, I needed to figure out how to structure it a little bit um, because it was, none of this is in a book. So you have to sort of figure out what works for you, what works for your client, what works for you. So I'm a person who will regurgitate so much information that it could be, overwhelming for someone so working with my first client about a year ago I took notes on everything I did and I put it in a folder um, so one session might be just working on the marketing message and for some of us working on the marketing message only takes us five or ten minutes but 
for someone who's just starting a business, that marketing message is going to take them a couple of weeks right. to do. Right. And um, so once I realized that and started taking notes, I started to say, okay, the first week or two weeks that I work with a client, it's going to be about marketing message and target market. Okay. Because that's, you, you need to know those before you move in any further. Um, and then the next thing is, okay, so what are your goals? Where, you know, what are your money goals? What do you want to do? Because all of this came from the notes that I was taking. So now I have a book. I know what I'm going to do with my client, but it was a work in progress. So I'm, I'm still in a, a work in progress because now I'm doing groups and that the dynamics in a group is totally different than one-on-one. So, so it's, Oh, well, and I want to I, I want to go into that a little bit more. How did you I understand like kind of how, you know, you figured out how to kind of build out the program and how to come up, put your arms around what this program is. Right. Mm-hmm. How did you decide on what you were going to charge your clients? Like you were kind of doing this, you know, for friends, for free, just to kind of figure it out, do all that sort of stuff. Like, how did you actually decide, here's what my package is going to be, and it's going to be this amount of money, and how do you structure that, and it's this amount of time? How did you figure all that stuff out? Well, I, again, I, you know, and I shared this with you earlier, I live with a finance guy who <laughs> could break it down into super-duper formulas, but that's not me, because I'm the creative person. So I looked at, if I'm going to teach a class at the college level, this is how much they'll pay me per class. And then I divided that up with the hours, how much I will get charged per hour. And that's what I started off with. Because basically, I am teaching what I would do in a classroom, but now I'm just doing it one-on-one. So I just charge what my hourly rate would be if I was teaching. So and now, you know, of course, that's moved up, but that's where I started from. So are you now saying like, okay, because we're going to spend X amount of hours, like you're not giving your client the hourly rate. You're saying, okay, I think it's going to be about this many hours per month. So here's that rate per month, right? Yes, correct. So do you have your clients on like just on a, you know, every single month, they keep going every single month? Or do you say, okay, we're going to go for a six month period. And at the end of that six months, we're going to reevaluate, see where you are, and then kind of go for another six month contract. Okay. So this is what happened. At first, it was that I will work with a client for about three months, four months. And they told me that I need you more often. Do you have somewhere that I can work with you monthly? And I, was, I didn't even think about that. I didn't have, you know, monthly charging. I was just doing, like you said, like work with me for six weeks, eight weeks. And then once you're done, you know, if you want to do something else, we'll pick up another package. But they asked me, you know, is there any way that I can work with you month to month after they've done my first initial program? So after you've done my first initial program, which is about six weeks, then you have the option to opt in to work with me month to month. Got it. Got it. Okay. So in all of this evolution, I mean, you have learned so much throughout this evolution of building your business. Um, What do you do in the times that are really tough? I say a little prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are those times for you? Is it usually because you're getting overwhelmed? Is it because you like, oh, crap, I don't know if I'm going to have X amount of clients to cover my my expenses next month? Or where where is that source of like the oh, crap moment for you? Okay. Uh, Part of it is, again, I'm 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 blaming on being creative. I have a ton of ideas. So a lot of it becomes overwhelmed. Um, Because I want to do this, I want to do this, and I want to do this. 
And so once I feel that sense of overwhelm, it do, it stops me. It puts me in, I mean, stops me right in my track. And so it takes me, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being really honest. It takes me a couple of days to get over that and say, you know, what's causing this overwhelm? Um, I had to look back on, you know, what worked well last month and girl, why are you not doing that? Just repeat what you did last month. Why are you making it so difficult? And that's, I mean, I mean, I had to think, I'm, right now, I'm going through that right now. I'm going through overwhelm because there's so many ideas that I want to kick off for 2015. And so uh, right before this, you know, call, I went to eat lunch and I was like, you know, December, you did really well with this. How about you just repeat that? Don't make this hard on yourself. So those are like my bad times. Um, when I need to make my money goes, um, I, I re, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hustler. And so I push myself. Um, and so if I said that this, this campaign on this ad is only going to run for six weeks, but I haven't reached my goal, then I'm making phone calls. I'm sending out emails. I'm doing whatever I need to do to make that goal because that although I wasn't a sports person, I'm really competitive with myself. Not anybody else, but with myself. And then once I do that, I'm like a pat on the back. Like, oh, you did it, girl. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> you so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's how I sort of deal with it. Most of it, though, is really overwhelmed kind of thing. I just, I love creating new stuff. I love thinking about new things. But I have to bring myself back down to earth and say, you know, again, girl, what worked? And just repeat it. Mm-hmm. Repeat it. I love that. I'm the exact same way, by the way. I get over. My husband makes fun of me, actually, because I'm like, oh, my God, there's more than three major things on my plate. I can't handle anymore. <laughs> I'm like the exact opposite of the bright, shiny object entrepreneur. I'm like, I need to have like one or two things. And that's in tunnel vision. And that's it. <laughs> um, I would love to know what habits that you have to help you either organize your day, you know, uh, be productive or just move forward? What habits have you cultivated uh, over your business career that have really helped you with that? Um, this might be a little personal, but I think most women would understand. At the end of the night, I take a bath every night, okay? And I write down what I've accomplished for the day and what needs to be done for the next day. So I only take it one day at a time. And that little list would sit on my on my window, I mean on my window, on my mirror. I put a sticky note on the mirror. And so when I get up the next day, I know immediately what I need to work on throughout the day, all right? So it's like a little refresher. Um, do I use a calendar? I only use my phone. I mean, I don't, I'm not really, you know, that super technical. I only can do a couple of things at a time. And so uh, that that bath at night is like my decompressed time to get everything that's out of my head throughout the day on this piece of paper so that you can do what you need to do the next day. And so that is that, man, you know what? Honestly, I've been doing that since I was in high school. Come on. So, that has been my serious ritual since high school. So I love that. And I think, and I strongly believe that's the only way I've been able to accomplish what I have been able to accomplish because of that. Mm. So not like, oh, I always say, I love Evernote too. If anyone yeah. has Evernote, yes. Evernote has been a lifesaver for um, documenting ideas throughout the day, uh, just 
a note taker. It's been fabulous. So Evernote has been my, my saving grace. That's probably why I don't need a planner as much anymore because of Evernote. <laughs> Elise, you know, after after you know this past year of really building up your business, very focused, by the way, and just learning from the mistakes, learning from the good stuff, and continuing to evolve. What's the vision? Where do you want to take it? Um, I really want to grow my Lady Boss Club uh, to make it a a movement. You know, I think that a lot of coaches out there really and I'm not I mean everyone is great as coaches but I think a lot of time we concentrate on people who have business and not really concentrate on people who need to start business so I want people to know that even at the beginning level that there's someone here to support you and so kicking off the lady boss club as this movement like join the club where we are all new, almost like a sorority kind of thing. And we bring you in and we're going to help you grow and, and, and become this this super duper entrepreneur. Um, and so that's what my vision is. I want that to grow really big and I want uh, people to know that there is a support uh, for you as you are growing your business. You know, if you need answers, you got anything that we are here to help you do that. Love it. Well, Elise, you are definitely a lady boss. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for being so open and honest. There, were, uh, Honestly, this was such an amazing, like very practical ideas and ways to grow your business. So thank you so much for sharing. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yay. <laughs> that Elise rocked. I totally fell in love with that woman's ability to be upfront and honest about what really goes on in her business. And uh, that is exactly why I have built this platform, this entire podcast, so that we can all learn from one another in this way. To go through and tell you all the different you know, majored things that I took away would take a long time. So I'm just going to mention a few. I love that she looked into her Facebook insights, her analytics in order to figure out what times to post, uh, you know, when to be the most impactful on her posts. I love that she takes Sundays off to be able uh, to schedule out all of her social media posts all at once so she doesn't she can do her best to automate that. And I love that she writes down, you know, how her day went, takes a bath and what she needs to do tomorrow every single night. That is such a powerful practice. So, hope you got a lot out of this. I would love to hear what your practice is in order to organize yourself. Um, if that was a really good idea for you, maybe a lot more women are going to be taking baths from now on. But I would actually, I'm very curious to hear what you do to organize yourself, what habits you've created in order to do that. So go on to bizwomenrock.com, you know, post a comment in the show notes, go on to Facebook, on the Facebook page, Biz Women Rock, or if you are in the private BWR Connect uh, Facebook group, go post it in there. I would love to hear it. Okay. Thanks so much. And I'll see you on the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,